I don't know if you've noticed recently, but it's been raining a lot. Uh, maybe you noticed that and you thought, wow, it's been raining a lot. But I don't know about you when it's raining, but when I'm carrying stuff into the house when it's raining, I want to make as few trips as humanly possible. So one day this past week, it was raining cats and dogs, and I had all of my many delightful things that I was trying to bring in the house. So open up the back of the Jeep, pop up the, you know, the thing, get it to close down, press the button on my, uh, that's hanging here, that locks it up so I don't have to come back out to the car because I have everything. And I look like this. I'm walking across with all of my stuff going to the house, and I get to the house, and the front porch is soaking wet. So I can't set anything down I'm carrying to open the door and unlock the door to go in. So now I'm caught in a quandary. It's raining. I'm still getting wet. Everything I'm carrying is still getting wet. And I can't set it on the ground because then it'll even be wetter. And so what do I do? So I go back to the car. I press the unlock button, I open the back gate, I put the stuff back in, I go back to... Now, by this point, I'm soaking wet. By this point, I am soaking wet. I go, I open the front door, I go back to the car, and in manageable portions, I carry them in. Have you ever felt like you were carrying so much that you were too wide for the space in which you were trying to get in? And so you had to shed some stuff so you could get through the door. You had to shed some stuff. Now, as I envisioned this passage we're going to be looking at today, I was thinking about, actually I was thinking about all the things that I brought into ministry with me 26, 27 years ago when I came to St. James. All the things that I thought I had to do and all the lists and lists of commandments. And if you read if you read the Book of Discipline, which I'm very fond of, by the way, just in case anyone's watching, um, you know, I'm very fond of the Book of Discipline. It's about this thick. Uh, in some ways, it's thicker than the Bible. All the rules about being United Methodist. There are like two or three or four very long paragraphs about what a pastor shall do. And uh, I uh, find it very intriguing when I look at that list periodically, at the things that I thought that I needed to do, this huge thing, this huge pile of things I was carrying that I thought were important and perhaps maybe needed to be narrowed down, uh, perhaps a more narrow focus. So I want to read to you a passage. Uh, we've only got two messages left in the uh, On the Mountain with Jesus series um, this week and next week. And this week I'm reading to you... Uh, Three uh, short snippets, beginning with verse 13 and running through verse 23, and it goes like this. Go in through the narrow gate. The gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide. So many people enter through it. But the gate that leads to life is a narrow and the road difficult, so few people find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds, or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. 
A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, you will all be known by your fruit, or you will know them by their fruit. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. On Judgment Day, many people will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name or expel demons in your name or do lots of miracles in your name? And I'll say, I've never known you. Get away from me, you people who do wrong. Wow. You know, uh, you know, we're getting to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is winding it up. And it's not really a sermon. What's interesting is they've called it a sermon for a long time. I think it's stuck ever since, like, Augustine, you know, in the 6th century said, oh, you know, this is, uh, we'll call it the Sermon on the Mount. He called it the Sermon on the Mount. It's more like the teachings on the Mount. It's more of a teaching feeling than it is an exhortation feeling. It's a, more of a, you know, let's open this up. But he's, com- he's bringing it to a close And now he's asking us to take seriously what he said. First of all, he says, go in through the narrow gate. Now, if you're carrying a bunch of stuff, you can't get through the narrow gate. You've got to put some stuff down. Now, I began to think about this this week. Once again, I am getting really challenged every week to do step four in the 12 steps of taking a fearless moral inventory of my life. What are the things that I am carrying that are keeping me from fully entering into the kingdom? What are all the rules that I've put on God, all the expectations I've put on God that have nothing to do with who God really is, but have everything to do who I want God to be? Now see, the challenge is we all have ideas about God. I suspect if I asked each one of you, And by the way, I'm not going to because I don't want you to feel concerned. I'm not going to ask you to each write down right now who you think God is or a definition of God. I'm not going to ask you to do that. But if we did, I bet if we gathered them all together, they'd be intriguing, but they'd all be different. Because who you think God is is often shaped by the experience, by the narrative of your own life, by the way you see life and experience life. You've experienced, you know, if you're really broken and God has fixed you, you might Picture God as the mechanic. You know, that might be the way you describe God. But every one of us will have experienced God differently and speak of God differently. But if I'm trying to carry all that baggage of what I'm expecting from God, whether it's the Santa Claus in the sky, uh, bring me my stuff because I've been a good boy kind of God, or fix my problem, mechanic, doctor, healer, God, or whatever it is, I put my stuff on God. And in the end, I think that part of entering a narrow gate is not carrying too much stuff. It's traveling lightly. What I heard in the enter enter by the narrow gate is all of my stuff about God might not fit in that door. But love will. And when you really boil down what this entire book in my hand is about, it's about love. It's about loving God, and it's about loving your neighbor. If we don't know that already, the verse that comes right before the narrow gate is the golden rule. Do to other people what you'd like them to be able to do to you. You know, in this is contained the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus says. In this is contained the law and the prophets. Love is the only thing you can really carry through. Your ideas about God, they're nice. They're nice. But no matter how great a thought you think, 
You can't think what God is exactly like. Even the word God can't contain God. There is no word that can contain God. Even this entire book can't contain all of God. This book is a pointer. It points to who God is. But if you think that God can be contained in all of this book or in this whole planet or in this whole even universe, then you've missed out on what God is. God's bigger than all of that. And God says it boils down to love. It boils down to doing what I need you to do. Now, if that's not enough, it goes on from the narrow gate to speak about fruit. Now, first of all, you might already be saying to yourself, okay, James has crossed that false prophet line now. He's crossed that line, so I'm just going to put him aside now. I'm just not going to listen to him anymore. But if you, you know, the, the bottom line is you measure it by fruit. What is the fruit? And it's not just false prophets that you measure by fruit. It's all of the things you carry about God with you, all the ideas you have about who you're supposed to be for God to love you. Those are all ideas that may or may not be our fruit. Do you know what I find, what I have foundly find? It's, it took me until almost 56 years old to find this out, and I'm getting close, you know, to discover that oftentimes... What shapes my ability to forgive you is my ability to forgive me. What shapes my judgment of you is often my ability to judge myself. You know, and the things that I find most offensive about you are usually the things that I struggle with on my own. And those are things I have to learn to let go. So the fruit of my judging myself is that I judge you. And the fruit of my not being willing to forgive myself, to be merciful with myself, if I'm not willing to be with me, heck, I'm not going to be with you. I might pretend on the outside to be that way with you, but I'm not going to be that way really at the core of who I am. So you begin to look at all the pieces of the ideas you have about God and decide, what kind of fruit is this bearing in my life that I think God has drawn this line in the sand or this line in the sand or this line in the sand? And nobody can cross it. In the end, if it's not bearing good fruit, if it's not kind, if it's not loving, if it's not filled with Christ, then don't do it. Let it go. Let it go. Because in the end, the only thing that's going to matter when we come to chat with Jesus, we stand in the judgment day, according to this little piece right here, it says, we're going to appear and we're going to say, Lord, Lord. And Jesus is going to say, I don't know you. I don't know you. The people I know are the ones who did the will of my Father in heaven. The ones who did the will. You know, one of the things that is really becoming clear on this journey of faith for me, that the journey of faith is really about, first of all, you, you fill up. You fill your box. You have a nice box about God and about faith and you, all the things that you think have to be in there. Because your Sunday school teacher told you. If you didn't have a Sunday school teacher, maybe your preacher told you. Or maybe your teacher told you. Or maybe your friend told you. Or maybe you read it in a magazine. Or read you, maybe you read it in the Bible even. It's got all this stuff i got to have in the box in order to get to God. I am finding in this what I think of as my second half of life. That I'm shedding so many of those things that I thought had to be in my box. I'm letting them go. Because in the end... The whole Christian life is modeling our lives after Jesus, who kept letting go. Not my will, but your will 
not my will, but yours. And if I want to do what God wants me to do, not what I want to do, it means I've got to constantly be letting go of the things that I think are important to me. You know, wouldn't it be really cool if we had a great big humongous building attached to this building? You know, wouldn't it be cool? Well, maybe it would be cool. But I don't think that's what God's calling us to do right now. So it doesn't matter what I think is cool. It matters what I think God wants us to do, what God's will is. And not just what I think, but what we think together as a community of faith. When I think about what is most important on the west end of Alexandria, when I think about how do we be a church right where we are, and on the internet as well, because we're all over the place. You know, there are people who watches us every, watch us all over the place. But how do we be the church that we, how do we offer what I think God is calling, and I keep coming back to the same words, as I sat down to write my narrative annual report about the church, the first two words that came to my mind were healing and hope. We've got to offer healing and hope. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know what healing and hope look like vaguely. I don't know how we offer it. I know one of the ways we're going to offer it is becoming the West End Food Pantry at the end of October. That's one of the ways we're going to offer healing and hope to people who are hungry. I know what it's like, although not nearly as bad. There were places I could have turned. There was a period of time in my life when I wasn't sure if I would eat more than one meal a day because I had to pay for heat and electri you know, electricity and a roof over my head. And I didn't know how I would pay for food. And I've told the stories. There was a period of time when I lived on bread and peanut butter, three meals a day. Three meals a day. And then once a week, there was, I can't even remember, it's, there, there's one around here somewhere. It's like Jerry's Pizza or something like that. And they had this special, it was like $4.99 for a pizza. So on Friday nights, my special treat to myself was I'd get a, a $4.99 pizza. And I'd eat two pieces, and I'd put the rest in the refrigerator, and I'd have two pieces for breakfast tomorrow, and I, or maybe one piece for breakfast and one piece for lunch, two pieces for dinner, and that, you know, and then I went back to peanut butter. And if the bread was moldy, you just scraped the mold off and put the peanut butter on. That's just the way that it was. Now, I don't know what it's like to live like that from day to day to day to day to day. And there was just me in those pictures. It was just me trying to live that way. What if I had two small children that I wanted to feed? What would it feel like? Well, that's what hope and healing is about. And I know that, see, I, I, all these other kinds of trappings, I'm just not sure how important they are to God, but I do know love is. And I know that doing God's will on the west end of Alexandria is, is what that's about. And I know in your life, you are probably carrying around all sorts of expectations you think God has for you. And if it's not God that has them for you, it's ones that you have for you. And if it's not ones that you have for you, it's ones that your boss have for you. And if it's not ones that your boss have for you, it's one that your family has for you, or your friends have for you, or your spouse has for you, or somebody has expectations for you, and you're carrying them all like those bags I tried to get through my front door all at once. And I couldn't even open the gate open the door to get in because I was carrying too much. I am convinced that what Jesus is saying here to us about the narrow gate is about traveling light. Don't carry a bunch of extraneous stuff. Simplify. And the most simple thing I can tell you about faith that is clear to me about this entire book is love. 
Are you loving God with all that you are? Have you set everything in your being on loving God? Everything. And if you want to measure it by fruit, measure it by time and money. Are you spending all your time? How are you spending your time? Because that really measures. Salvation is not measured in what you believe. It's measured in what you do with what you have. What are you doing with your money? What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with what God's given you? Is it the fruit that God wants to see from you? This world would be a different place. I hear people tell me on a regular basis, James, the problems of the world are just too big. I can't do anything. And by not anything means nothing. (laughs) I'm not going to do anything because I can't fix everything. I'm not going to do anything. And you know what happens? Nothing gets done. (laughs) It's the all or nothing mindset. What about that one guy you see standing on the corner who's got a sign that says he's homeless and wants money? Now, maybe you don't want to give money to that guy. That's perfectly fine. I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. But you might make a difference for that one guy. When we open up the food pantry over here, I don't know how many families come to it, but apparently a number of them where it is right now. And once we become more obvious, we expect some of the students to come across the street from uh, Northern Virginia Community College. Food insecurity is not just, uh, you know, among, you know, working class folks. There are people who are uh, in, in college trying to better their lives who don't have enough food to eat. That's hope and healing. But the narrow gate requires, you know, kind of becoming more minimalist in our world, carrying less. And then we carry it better. It's not that we need to do great things. It's that we need to do small things with great love. I stole that line. Mother Teresa. I stole it from her. But it's true. What small thing can you do? What thing has God given you to do that you can carry? That you can carry well? Because you're not trying to carry everything. I used to try to do everything. Now I think I almost do nothing. But I used to try to carry everything. And I didn't carry it very well. Some of you might be saying, and now we've just given you that preaching thing and you can't even carry that. <laughs> you know? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. That was just a moment. Step aside. See, that was the self-flatulation. Just pull that thing out. But the truth is, God has given us a narrow way. The narrow way is to carry God's love in ways that bring healing and hope to people who need it. It's not carrying a whole bunch of other stuff. Judgment, that's God's business. We already talked about that. As much as we might like to. Mercy, hope, love, humility, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all light things. But if you can't carry anything else, carry love. That's the narrow way. Let go of your own will and hold on to God's. So, your assignment. I try to give you an assignment every week. What are you carrying? 
What are the things that you are convinced you have to carry? What are the things that you think I'm telling you you have to carry Sunday after Sunday? James told me I have to carry this, and I have to do this. I have to have centering prayer. I have to have Lexio Divina. I have to have Visio Divina. I have to have this. I have to have that. He tells me all these things. How can I do all those things? If I've told you too many things, just let them all go. <laughs> let them all go and just love. The next person you see, can you love that person? Because if you can't, you're already in trouble. You cannot enter the narrow gate. Next person you see, can you love? Next plant you see, can you love that plant? Find a rock. If you can love a rock, you can love anything. Can you love God? Because if I read the Bible correctly, when I love the least of these, my sisters and brothers, I am loving God. I am loving God. So this wasn't where I thought I was going to go originally this week. You know, I spent yesterday completely rethinking the whole picture of the narrow way. Because I had this really good narrow way that was all balancing beams and, you know, all of us on our tightrope ready to fall off. We're constantly afraid we're going to fall off. But if all you're carrying is the lightness of love, you will be lifted up, not pulled down. So travel light and make sure the one thing you pack in your pack wherever you go is love. Love for your neighbor. That will shape the way you treat each other, the way you treat yourself, and the way that you love God. That's the shape of a life well lived, at least from my perspective travel light and you'll see the fruit of it you'll see the fruit of it that's as much as I can remember that I was going to tell you this morning I'm sure there's more over in the journal but you're probably fortunate that's as much as I can remember right now so there we are <laughs>